Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Wednesday afternoon to you. I hope your day's off to a great start. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. A little later in the show, we'll be joined by Kevin Arnold. Uh, we'll talk a little Browns and a little Cavs. We'll also hear from retiring Ohio University head football coach Frank Solich. Stepped away because of health concerns today. We'll hear from Coach Solich. But we begin by talking Browns football. And uh, Max Kellerman um, on first take on ESPN on if the Browns and Steelers are still even or have the Browns overtaken the Steelers now in that AFC North? I don't believe in Ben Roethlisberger as a championship quarterback anymore. And, and also, the Steelers' running game, it's not that the running backs need to be improved. They try to do it through the draft. It's that the offensive line wasn't good. It wasn't good protecting the quarterback. It wasn't good blocking for the run. That's it, right? That's the real problem they had. And it's on paper gotten worse, right? You have retirement of, like, veterans. Okay. The, the Cleveland Browns not only have two stud running backs for real, mm -hmm. but they have the best pass blocking and run blocking offensive line in the game, rated number one by pro football folks. Both pass blocking. That almost never happens, but they have it. Plus, they have receivers. Plus, they have an ascending young quarterback and Odell Beckham Jr. I know I've talked about the chemistry issues, yeah. but he knows he's got to fit in now coming back. <clears throat> Cleveland Browns are better than the Steelers. Uh, Let's bring in Mac Robinson from 92.3, the fan. Uh, Mac, you buying that? Have the Browns overtaken the Steelers in the AFC North? Absolutely. And, Dave, it's funny because, you know, most years you'd expect at least from this kind of a rivalry to have a gradual kind of switch. And maybe, you know, a couple years where it's a little bit competitive between the two. But, you know, it really just seems like overnight both teams have really just completely flip-flopped where – you know, now you're getting towards the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, and I look at what he's able to do on offense, and I think that he's quite limited. And to be honest, he still acts like, you know, he is still in his prime, and he can call what he wants and do what he wants. And just to be honest, he, he really can physically. And I, I look at what Ben Roethlisberger and that offense can do in Pittsburgh, you know, I, I worry about that offensive line. That offensive line, you only have one returning starter, and he's switching positions from right tackle to left tackle. And on top of that, too, I mean, they have a great defense. But again, when Ben Roethlisberger is trying to dictate that offense, it's not going to go anywhere. I don't like any of the receivers on that team. I mean, Deontay Johnson is interesting. And I mean, Juju is Juju. But at the same time, with his TikTok dances and the comments that he makes, I don't know how much I can actually trust the guy on the field. Uh, to actually give you production week in, week out. We haven't seen it consistently, you know, since 2019. And so I look at that Pittsburgh team. I think that, you know, they're a hollow shell of what they used to be. And, you know, whereas the Browns, they're on the ascending side. You know, I'm not used to agreeing with Max Kellerman, but here we are, you know. I mean, they're a young ascending team. They have one of the top offensive lines, if not the top offensive line in the game. And, you know, a great running game. And on top of that, explosive play playmakers on the outside to boot. So, you know, it's amazing what can happen, you know, just overnight in just these short couple of years. You know, 2017 going from 0-16 to here in 2021, the Browns are by far the better team between them and the Steelers. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Keep in mind, the Steelers started out 11-0 and um, last year and then kind of <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. So, with everything, um, the, it was not a, um, a unanimous agreement on first take. And for the opposing side, let's listen in to Stephen A. Smith. Oh, please. I'm not giving him that. First of all, don't talk to me of an ascending quarterback. Baker Mayfield had a decent year. We'll see if that continues. Kevin Stefanski did a damn good job with them. We'll see if that continues. Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. I Listen, he ain't shooting hoops like he was the other day, shooting from the ceiling or someplace to the roof or someplace, making shots. You ain't trying to play for the Lakers. You playing for the Cleveland Browns. Let's see what happens when you get back. My brother, even though I believe in Odell. Okay, <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
Let me just throw this roster down at you. Now, first oh, of all, boy. let me say this to you, okay? Please do. Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers won their first 11 games. Yeah, they nosedive over the last five weeks of the season. I get all of that, but he's Big Ben, and he can recover from that. And was first year after the elbow surgery. Let's take that into account, number one. Number two, Juju Smith-Houston's got to have a better year. Chase Claypool can ball. James Washington can ball. Deontay Johnson can, can ball. And then they got Eric Ebron as your, as your tight end. That's five wideouts. So uh, are you buying that? You know, that's really not passing the smell test for me. I'm not going to lie to you, Dave. I, I, I mean, he, he, what he mentioned with Ben Roethlisberger, I, I look at, you know, that first 11 games. And early on in the season, you know, they were following the formula that should have worked and was working, which was, you know, relying on that run game and really kind of giving James Conner the ball more. And even though I don't think he's that great of a running back, you know, at least it's taking more of the burden off of Ben Roethlisberger. However, Ben wants that burden. You know, Ben wants to throw the ball 70 times as he showed in the playoff game. And, you know, at the end of the day, Ben is going to do Ben. Ben is going to do what Ben wants to do. And so I look at that team, Ben Roethlisberger is over the hill. And I don't care how many reports of him going to fat camp there are. I just don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to, to get it right. I, I really don't. And I think that the Steelers basically running it back one more year and not necessarily going after one of these top quarterbacks this year, I think it's a mistake. And I think that the Steelers are going to regret it for years to come. The rest of this offense, it, it's really not great. It really isn't. So I, I do think that this team is going to be in a bit of a rut here going forward. When you look at, um, you know, the Steelers, the one thing to, to keep in mind um, that defense is still pretty good with T.J. Watt, and, and um, uh, but again, yeah, if Ben Roethlisberger does not improve from the tail spin that the Steelers went into, that Stephen A. Smith glossed over pretty quickly, it's going to be a long season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, no, you're completely right, and that's the one thing too is that you know again, if the Steelers are going to be successful in this case. You know, they've really got to rely on that run game. And Najee Harris, he's a he's a phenomenal prospect. I'm interested to see how he's able to play. The only thing that worries me with him is that, you know, he's on the older side for a rookie. He's going to be 24 during the season. And on top of that, too, you know, again, the the offensive line, I again, that's such an under-the-radar storyline for this team going forward. I just think that, again, you have to get continuity between all of these guys. And on top of that, you have multiple rookies. And you have veterans that are kind of mixing in, matching in at that point. And Marquise Pouncey, he also retired. And he's been with Ben for the better part of a decade at this point now. So, you know, I do think that this offense is going to take time. And to be quite frank, I just don't think that they have that kind of time. And it wouldn't shock me if down the stretch for this season, you're going to see Dwayne Haskins starting a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and, and that's fair. The other thing to keep in mind, Mike Thomas, pretty good football coach. So we'll see. Um, we're going to move on. Three biggest critics of the Browns, according to Browns Nation. Uh, number three, Stephen A. Smith. We heard from him. Uh, number two, Mike Silver. And the biggest critic, Colin Cowherd. So um, as you listen to those, what are your thoughts? Those are the three biggest critics of the Browns. Well, I, I would say this. So one of these is not like the other, in my opinion. Because I think that I look at Stephen A. and I look at Colin Cowherd, and just from the media side of things, you know, I can understand, you know, throwing out some of these hot takes, trying to get people to click, everything like that. I get it. I get it. As much as I wish that it wasn't the, the case in today's landscape when it comes to the media, I, I wish it was different, but I can at least understand where they're coming from. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if they truly believe, you know, some of those takes that they threw out there. Mike Silver is an entirely different case, in my opinion, because, you know, the guy, I swear, I mean, he has more blocks than Ben Wallace at this point on Twitter. So, you know, I look at Mike Silver, he throws takes out there just because he's friends with a lot of these guys. And look, I get it. I understand that you're friends with certain people, but that doesn't mean that I twist narratives to make them look better. I'm going to call them out if I need to. But Mike Silver at this point, you know, he was the, he was one of the main ones that was peddling, you know, oh, Hugh Jackson initially wanted Malik Hooker the night of the 2017 draft. And all of a sudden, once it becomes nice for him, it becomes Deshaun Watson was the guy that Hugh Jackson wanted at that point. And all of a sudden, then there's pictures of them getting margaritas together or something like, like that. I don't know. I can't remember. 
But, you know, Mike Silver is an entirely different case, I think. And, you know, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have him blocked at this point, just being honest. But, you know, Cowherd, Stephen A., I understand it with what they try to do. Mike Silver is somebody who, honestly, half the stuff I don't know if I necessarily believe just because of the way that he peddles stories and everything like that. I think uh, honorable mention or a rising star in the Browns critics has to be Mike Tannenbaum, uh, just based on uh, the recent uh, reaction to potentially. <laughs> what do you think? Is is he trying to get into that top three spot? Or you know, I think he's he's fighting a very competitive battle. I think that he's somebody who's trying to make a name for himself and trying to climb the ranks, climb the ladder. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's certainly up there. Uh, you know, Jason Lockenfora, he's been, you know, taking a little bit of a backseat now that the Browns are actually, you know, decent. So I think that, you know, Tannenbaum, he's fighting for that Jason Lockenfora spot. But it wouldn't shock me, you know, to see him clawing for that third spot in the future. Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan and I get to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, ESPN has the top 10 wide receiver rankings based on votes from front office executives, personnel types. We'll tell you where Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. land. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-Seek can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to trysc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. We continue talking Browns football with Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. So, Mac, um, executive scouts, front office types, top 10 ranking wide receivers for ES, uh, on ESPN. Uh, number one, Devontae Adams. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins. Stefan Diggs, number three, which is a little bit of a surprise. Tariq Hill, four. Julio Jones, five. Uh, both Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry in the honorable mention uh, receiving votes, one AFC executive on Landry. One of the toughest players in football. He's an underrated route runner, but neither in the top 10. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? Honestly, that doesn't really surprise me, to be quite honest. I think that Jarvis Landry, you know, you mentioned the underrated route running. You know, he's somebody who is really proficient in that area. And I think that that's where he gets a lot of his wins. You know, he, at least coming out of college, he wasn't necessarily the most athletic player, but he knew how to win when it came to the technical side of the of football. Uh, and it came to, you know, in his routes and at least his sure handedness. So, you know, I think that Landry, he's somebody who, you know, the fact that he's being mentioned there, phenomenal. And you mentioned those top five guys, all great talents. And when it comes to Odell, I think that part of this is because of the fact that, you know, he has been injured over the last couple of years. I do think that, you know, if he does have a big season this year, I think all of a sudden he could get vaulted back into that top 10 space. And I do think that he's somebody who, whose name alone garners respect. And I mean, I know you talked about earlier this week with Jalen Ramsey, even mentioning him in the top three guys that he has to cover. 
So, you know, he's somebody who garners respect at that point. And if he's able to come back and show what he, what he can do, and if he shows, you know, some of that ability that he had early on in his career as well, you know, I, I do think that he's going to find himself back in that top 10. And, you know, it's a, it kind of goes an AFC scout on Beckham basically said the same thing. Injuries are a concern. If he's healthy and in his prime playing and play out, not sure there's anyone else that you can line up um, against that he can dominate. Now the question is, can he still dominate? And, and we'll find that out. Um, you know, he has put his body in as good a position as he could from everything we've seen and heard uh, to be able to go out and be the old, old o Odell. Yeah, and I mean, as uh, Stephen A. mentioned it, you know, in the video clip from last segment, I know he's not trying to play for the L.A. Lakers, but I mean, at the same time, you know, he's showing that athletic ability. He's able to get to that top speed that you want to see from Odell Beckham. And I really want to see, you know, how is he able to cut at full speed, uh, you know, getting to that next point? I, I do think that, you know, if Odell all of a sudden is able to translate that speed into his route running, into his ability to win on the field, you know, I do think that all of a sudden Odell is going to be able to take this offense to new heights because of, you know, that threat that you see down the field. I, and that was missing, you know, in that game against Kansas City last year. All of a sudden, if you get Odell in that deep threat type of a role where all of a sudden he can take any play to the house and he showed that in the Cowboys game last year, all of a sudden that completely opens up this offense. And that all of a sudden just gives more opportunities for Odell, Jarvis, as well as guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz as well. Yeah, and the thing to, to keep in mind, um, Odell has not played with a quarterback that has an arm like Baker Mayfield. No offense to Eli Manning. He wasn't the greatest of <laughs> deep throwers. So th th there is some value to that. Let's see if he can get back to, to the health. Well, uh, on Get Up, um, Jeff Saturday played with Peyton Manning, played on some really good football teams, thinks one of these Browns receivers is going to end up being a top five receiver in the league at the end of the season. Here's Jeff Saturday. I'm gonna I'm I'm throw us in a little tissy here. I'm gonna say OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham. Oh. Listen, when I look at what Stefanski did with Baker Mayfield last year, early in the season, they were pushing him the ball. They were forcing it. Everything, you know, it just looked out of sorts, right? So everybody's like, well, the, the offense for the Browns is better without OBJ. Well, now that Mayfield has a year under his belt with the system, OBJ's coming off this injury with Chubb, with Hunt, with Landry, all of those things. And listen, this is still one of the most explosive receivers once the ball Ball is in his hand. I think the progression for Mayfield actually helps OBJ, and he shocks the world. Listen, he's been humble. He's been humble the last few years. He understands it. I think he's getting back to the work that he had to do early in his career. I'm excited about what's going to happen in Cleveland with OBJ coming off this injury. And, Mac, I think if that happens, it's going to be a, a fun season for the Cleveland Browns and their fans. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the one key is that, you know, this last last year in the second half, obviously, we saw we saw Baker Mayfield take it to that next level, at least when it came to that offense, especially in that Tennessee Titans game where, you know, he was pretty much flawless in that first half. And, you know, I look at OBJ and what he's able to do. I just think that all of a sudden you have that offense, and obviously it was phenomenal last year. I think that it can be elite with Odell Beckham on the outside and if he's able to, you know, take that next step. You know, like what Jeff had said, you know, with Baker Mayfield taking that next step, all of a sudden that helps uh, Odell especially because Baker was able to, you know, fit the ball into those tight spaces. He's able to, you know, make those tough throws. And that really just helps Odell at that point because Baker was hitting guys in stride. You know, he wasn't, you know, a little bit off target, you know, in uh, 2019 like he was at that point. You know, in 2020, towards the end of the year, he was hitting guys in stride, you know, making, getting them the ability to make that play and make that play and run. So, you know, I do think that, you know, Odell could be in that top five area, especially given his track record in the past. If he's able to come back off this injury, I do think that he can vault himself into that top five area. So uh, let's look at this. Dog Pound Daily has five potential Hall of Famers uh, that are currently on the Browns roster, five of them. Tell me which of these you think um, legitimately have a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Jack Conklin and Joel Batonio, and Miles Garrett. Which of the five you think are Hall of Famers uh, and how many of them? So I'll say this, uh, one definitively, and that's Miles Garrett, for obvious reasons. I mean, he's already up to 42 and a half sacks in his career. 
Um, but the other ones, I, I love Batonio, and I think that he's one of the most consistent offensive linemen that we've seen uh, since he was drafted. Um, I think that he he's a phenomenal choice. Uh, Jack Conklin is somebody who, you know, he dealt with injuries early on, and he's a talented player. Um, and, and all of these guys are extremely talented, but, you know, I just don't know if he necessarily has a consistency uh, throughout his career, at least. If he's, if he's able to keep this up and really kind of get on a roll here, uh, to end his career, you know, I think that he could get to that point. I know he's about five, six years into his career at this point. So, you know, if he's able to, you know, take it to that next level going forward, I could see him definitely getting into that conversation. Now, the interesting one comes with Odell and Jarvis, as it always does. Uh, you know, Jarvis, he had that great start to his career with Miami and obviously was part of the big turnaround here in Cleveland. But I think that for him to take that next level, I think you need to start to see him get to more of those a uh, thousand yard marks and I think that you need to see a little bit more accolades out of him I think that team success will get him far but I do think that if he gets a little bit more of those uh, you know single season um, and, and personal accolades I think he can get there but I do think that he's well on his way um, and he's somebody who definitely can put himself in that mix and Odell Beckham again we talked about this uh, you know just a little bit ago but if he's able to rebound from those injuries that he struggled with the, over these past couple of years, and if he's able to, you know, all of a sudden vault himself back into those conversations that you saw in those first couple of years with uh, the Giants, I do think that he can get himself there. I do think that the injuries, though, have kind of derailed him slightly uh, from that initially. But I do think that he's certainly on his way when it comes to, you know, his production and how he's able to play uh, going forward with uh with himself in in the in his career yeah i think both those guys would need you know four or five more years where they're um near the top uh, or that top 10 top 15 receivers the longevity thing will will definitely uh play a factor mac robinson from 92.3 the fan and i can step aside take a quick time out on the other side of the break we'll look at some potential trade targets for the browns we'll also take a look at uh, who some national folks think could be a first-time All-Pro. Sports for CLE will be right back. Talking Brown, stay with us. Better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. COVID-19 has changed how we show up and show out with our family. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to talking smack with the side of mac and cheese. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Should I get it? Is it safe? Should I wait? It's smart to question. Now, get the facts at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Continue talking Browns on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon and uh, joined by Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. So, Mac, three potential trade candidates for the Browns. This is from ClutchPoints.com. Number one defensive lineman uh, from the Lions, Michael Brockers. What do you think? Michael Brockers is somebody who's interesting. You know, I think that he was brought into Detroit. Obviously, the GM, Brad Holmes, he was uh, director of player personnel uh, in with the Rams uh, previously uh, before he got hired this offseason. But, you know, Michael Brockers, I think, is somebody who's interesting. Uh, I think he's a good run stopper. And, you know, he can be a little bit more of that veteran presence that you need in that defensive line room. But at the same time, you know, the contract-wise, he's up around $7.5 million. I'm not sure if that's going to be, you know, worth it in the Browns' case at that point. 
um, at least when you have guys like Miles Garrett uh, and you have Jadavian Clowney as well, you know, with the higher price tags, I just don't think that that's going to necessarily be worth it at that point. You know, maybe if they get cut, I, I could see that, but I just don't think that Brockers is somebody who is all that interesting to me at that point. And I think he's going to be somebody who is going to be kept around Detroit for a little while as well. So uh, the next one, Javon Hargrave, uh, defensive tackle from the Eagles. Yeah, so Javon Hargrave, I, I actually liked him when he was coming out in the 2016 draft as well. Uh, originally taken by Pittsburgh, I want to believe in the fourth round, if I remember right. Um, you know, he's more that nose tackle. It's somebody who can kind of be that penetrating uh, one technique over the center. So, you know, I, I look at Hargrave. I think he's somebody who's very interesting. Again, I like him. He's a little bit more of a younger guy. I want to say around 26, 27. Um, but I, I look at Hargrave and looking into his contract situation, he signed the last offseason uh, and they ended up restructuring him so that they can save a little bit of money. And the Eagles are in cap hell. So the problem is, is that, again, when you kick those uh, cap situations down the road, Hargrave, he's somebody who is going to end up making about $16 million for a cap hit next year just because of the maneuvering that they had to do financially. So if I'm the Browns, again, that's a situation where, and I hate to be a broken record, but if he's cut, I'd love to bring him in. But when it comes to a trade, I really don't think that, you know, I'd be all that interested in bringing him in at that point. Yeah, I don't, I think they have enough candidates on the defensive line that I don't know that they would look at either of those two unless somebody gets injured. Uh, multiple guys would probably have to get injured. The third one is Adrian Phillips, safety from the Patriots. Now, this one I would be on board for because last year we saw them bring in, uh, you know, a couple veterans into that safety room at that point. And, you know, Anderson Dejo, obviously, I understand that the fans didn't really like him last year. Uh, he didn't play well, but to be quite honest, he wasn't meant to be your starter. You know, he was meant to be that fourth safety for you at that point. So I look at Adrian Phillips. He's been in the league for seven years now, um, or this will be his seventh year. He spent his first five years in L.A. and uh, and San Diego with the Chargers, and then this past year in New England. Obviously, he's put out a couple of videos of him working out and, you know, training for this season for a bigger role. And he's somebody who played a little bit more of that strong safety role and had a couple of interceptions last year in New England, 109 tackles. But I look at him in this safety room potentially, and I think he's a good fit because you have uh, Richie LeCount, or Richard LeCount, excuse me, who they took in round five. You have Sheldrick Redwine, who I think is interesting, but I, to be quite honest, I just don't think that he makes the roster. Um, and, you know, at that point, it comes down to your three starters that I look at mainly. You have uh, Ronnie Harrison, who played well last year, um, but again, he was, you know, in and out of the lineup a couple of games last year. And then I also look at, you know, Don Johnson. He was brought in for agency. He's 25. He's got a, he's more the leader for you, and he's going to be that starter. But at the same time, too, I do uh, want to see what he's able to do in that starting lineup. And then the big question comes from Grant Delpit. You know, Delpit last year was a rookie, didn't play the entire year. So you're really looking at this year as that rookie season for Grant Delpit, and he's coming off an injury. So I I'm not quite sure what to expect out of Delpit. So I'd like to have – you know, maybe one more veteran in that safety room all of a sudden to be able to kind of give a little bit more of that insurance that you need. Uh, because I think that Phillips is somebody who has the experience. He's played, you know, that backup role. He's played a starter. He's been more of in the box type of a player. So I think that he can be somebody who would be a solid veteran. And, you know, he comes for cheap. He's only making about uh, $2 million, possibly $3 million this year in New England. So he's on the relative cheap side. So I would love to bring him in as a solid veteran depth option for this uh, for the secondary. So let's shift focus just a little bit. Potential first-time All-Pro selections, according to Pro Football Focus, um, they did it for each team for the Browns. They say Denzel Ward. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Denzel Ward is somebody who's an interesting candidate because obviously, you know, when you see him on the field, he's a phenomenal player, uh, very fluid in his coverage and somebody who's very efficient in attacking the ball. Obviously, he doesn't necessarily come away with a ton of interceptions, but at the same time, he's always around the ball, and that's really what you want. But when it comes to Denzel, you know, I look at his biggest issue, and it goes back to what we talked about with Odell, but his biggest issue is staying on the field. You know, he hasn't played a full 16, now 17, uh, game schedule, 
but you know he's played max of 13 games uh in his career so at least missing three games per season you can't have that for somebody who's one of your top players on defense so you know if denzel ward is able to put together a full season this year i really do think that he can be in, in that all pro area and that all pro category and echelon and i think that that's not that far off for him yeah fair enough all right uh, before we go, Bleacher Report, latest buzz around every NFL team. And um, for the Browns, it's that the coaching staff plans on putting a little bit more on Baker Mayfield's plate. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a natural progression because, you know, last year you didn't have that full offseason. You were implementing a brand new offense for him, getting some new teammates coming in on offense. So you wanted to take it a little slower, at least when it came to Baker and the way that that offense pro uh, progressed. Um, but now this year you have the full offseason. You know, these coaches can interact with these guys. You don't have to worry about any of that, the coaching search, et cetera. But, you know, you have these guys also under contract at that point. You have all these guys coming back uh, from last year pretty much on offense. So all of a sudden now you can open up the offense a little bit more. You can add a little bit more to Baker's plate a little bit more freedom i know we talked about it with ben roethlisberger earlier where he can do what he wants but to be honest baker has been you know playing to his strengths and having the coaches pretty much handle most of that but i think that baker is a smart player he's obviously you know an extremely intelligent quarterback and understands what the defenses are throwing at him so you know what at this point why not you know at least give baker a little bit of run and let him handle you know some of those things when it comes to the offense, maybe adjustments that he sees at the at the line for, with what the defense is giving him, maybe uh, the ability to audible more uh, during the games, calling some of the plays on his own. You know, I think that it's time to you know open up the offense a little bit more when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Fair enough. Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, what is the probability that the Browns will be in the Super Bowl? We'll tell you what Pro Football Focus, the analytics-driven website, thinks. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. continue talking Browns football with Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. Pro football focus power rankings have come out. Chiefs number one, Buccaneers number two, Bills three, Ravens four, Browns down at number eight. And pro football focus has the Browns Super Bowl win probability at 6%. What do you think, Mac? You know, for a team that has the number one pass blocking and run blocking offensive line rated by pro football focus, I expect it to be a little higher than 6%. You 
you know, obviously you had some of the turnover from the Ravens this offseason on defense and on their offensive line trading Orlando Brown Jr. You know, I, I I look at it, I just feel like it should be a bit higher. You know, 6%. I, I didn't expect it to be in the single digits. You know, did I expect it to be like low teens? Sure, probably. Obviously, you know, you have a new defense pretty much that has to get put together. But at the same time, I would have expected a little higher than 6% and a little bit higher than 8, maybe around like the, the sixth ranks, possibly uh, getting up a little bit higher, maybe into those double digits, like I said, uh, for the percentage. But it seems a little low for me, if I'm being honest. I, I just feel like for a team that's loved by pro football focus, that they get a little bit more love when it comes to their Super Bowl probability. Yeah, the, the the one that surprised me is the Bills being as high as they were at number three. Um and I know Josh Allen had a great season, and I know Diggs had a good year. They're pretty one-dimensional. I mean, Josh Allen was their main ground threat, and, and they didn't really cure that with anything. So if he has any type of you know, comeback regression type of season from the quarterback position, I think they're going to come back to the pack a little bit, being the Bills. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I look at with the Bills is that you mentioned it with their running game. It's spot on because, you know, Zach Moss, I think, is a talented guy. Devin Singletary is a bit limited, in my opinion. But I do think that Josh Allen, he played very well last year. I, I, I want to make sure I, I say that. But at the same time, there is a possibility for him to regress and for him to come back down to earth a little bit. And I, I do think that it's a possibility that, is definitely worth exploring and i think that you know at least entertaining i should say because at least when it comes to every single year there's always some some teams that you know rise up and there's always some teams that fall down just a little bit and maybe fall just below expectations and it wouldn't shock me if the bill was falling fall into that category because i do think that josh allen is a talented player and he's improved vastly from where he was in college i i personally i wasn't a fan of Josh Allen coming out of the uh, NFL draft in 2018. I was a Baker guy, but at the same time, you know, I give him credit for what he's been able to do, but man, I, I just worry that he's going to take a bit of a step back going into this year with how well that he played and for him to have to continually uh, play at that level and possibly improve upon that last season. I just, I'm not sure how he's going to handle those expectations. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I did like Josh Allen. I was a guy that, uh, that saw the, I liked him a lot. We'll see. Again, um, just something to keep in mind. Keep in mind. Um, same way, you know, people are talking about Baker Mayfield, you know, ascending. Josh Allen took a huge step forward. So let's see. Um, we'll move on. Four roster bubble players the Browns should target. So these are roster bubble players on other teams uh, that the Browns should be interested in. Ben Benegu from the Colts defensive end is number one. Thoughts? Yeah, so Ben Benegu, he's somebody who's interesting coming off the edge. He hasn't gotten a ton of playing time. Obviously, you have Justin Houston, who's played there the last couple of years. Uh, and then you add in, you know, DeForest Buckner along that defensive line. And they have a ton of guys that are interesting. So Benegu, you know, he fell down the pack a little bit. He was only a draft pick a couple of years ago. I want to say he was a mid-round draft pick, if not the third round. So, you know, Benegu, he might be somebody who, you know, adding on a little bit more depth along the edge could be interesting. Um, but I'm not sure, given the fact that, you know, you have Curtis Weaver coming off the edge uh, or coming off the IR, excuse me. You also have Porter Gustin uh, and you added in Tack McKinley as well. I just I'm not sure if there's a, necessarily a fit for him on this team, but he would be somebody I would take a shot on. I wouldn't mind it. Um, so the third target. So we're going to count backwards. He was four, three. Uh, Taven Bryan from the Jaguars defensive tackle. So Taven Bryan is an interesting case because, you know, he was a three technique coming out of Florida. Uh, he ended up going, I want to say, 29th overall in the 2018 draft. Um, and that was after, you know, the big season that the Jaguars had with uh, Blake Bortles leading the way, almost taking a win in New England. But Taven Bryan is somebody who hasn't necessarily performed up to that first round billing. Um, you know, three and a half sacks in his career. Uh, I think that he's somebody who, if you bring him in all of a sudden, then he could be somebody who could be another reclamation project. You know, Taven Bryan, along with, you know, Tack McKinley, these former first-round picks, you know, I wouldn't mind bringing him in at that point, throw him down there, see if he can develop. You know, they already brought in Malik McDowell earlier this offseason. Do I think he'll make the roster? Probably not. But at the same time, 
you know, it's just about getting some of these guys in and it's a lottery ticket at this point with a lot of these guys. And, you know, if you're able to hit and especially if you're able to hit on a guy with first round talent, then all of a sudden that's poo for uh, for Andrew Barry and company. All right, so two and one are Steven Sims, wide receiver from the Washington football team, and Jordan Hicks, linebacker from the Cardinals. Thoughts on those two? So Steven Sims is somebody who I'm a little bit less of a fan of with this roster just because, you know, obviously he's not taking Odell's spot. He's not taking Landry. I don't think he takes Higgins' spot. And then you look at the the way that the team has invested in some of these other receivers. Daryl Hodge, he was somebody who was brought back. He was a great special teamer. Uh, and beloved by uh, Mike Prefer as well. But on top of that, you know, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones. You just saw them take Anthony Schwartz in round three this year. And on top of that, there's other guys that were in the mix last year that, you know, just got injured flat out. So, you know, I, I look at the rest of this roster. I just don't think that Steven Sims is a solid choice at this point. And then Jordan Hicks, obviously, everybody looks at linebacker and thinks that the Browns automatically need one. To be honest, I don't think that linebacker is as pressing of a need with all of the additions that they've made this offseason. Hicks is somebody who has that starting experience. And, you know, if you want to go down that road, I almost look at him almost like a replacement for the Malcolm Smith role. And obviously Smith has been brought back this year. But, you know, if Jordan Hicks is somebody who gets cut, then at that point, sure, I'd be fine with bringing him in and, you know, rotating him into the lineup. So he had over 100 tackles last year. He's somebody who was very productive in coverage with Philadelphia. Maybe dropped off a little bit in uh, in Arizona. But you bring him into Cleveland, all of a sudden he's just a rotational player for you at that point. I think he can do well in that type of role. All right, Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. Mac, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Dave. Always love hopping on with you guys. All right, Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan. We're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Kevin Arnold will join us. We will talk five guys that we expect to turn heads at training camp. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-Seek can help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to trysc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you might be asking yourself, should I get it? And if I do, will I be able to go about life without putting my family at risk? You've got questions, and that's normal. The fact is, the vaccines are safe and effective. They're going to save lives. To get the latest on the COVID-19 vaccines, visit GetVaccineAnswers.org. Because getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you. CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football, and we welcome in Kevin Arnold from the Voice of the Land podcast. Kevin, as always, appreciate the time. So uh, let's take a look at some guys who need impressive training camps to earn uh, one of those 53 roster spots everybody's going at. Uh, I'll give you three guys all on defense. Not a surprise since the Browns upgraded that side of the ball. MJ Stewart, Mac Wilson, Sheldrick Redwine. Which of those guys you think has the best chance to stick, and what do you think we need to see? Well, it better be Mac Wilson because you invested that fifth-round pick, and 
you know, a guy that went from 77 solo tackles in 2019 all the way down to 21. And if you remember back to that Monday night football game against the Ravens, you know, Ravens loved to run. Of course, they got Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson was running all over the field. I was sitting at the top of the stadium, freezing that night and watching Lamar Jackson run all over the Browns defense last year. And Mac Wilson came out of that game with zero tackles. But a guy that I know that's been working this offseason to improve and seeing that that linebacker room has had a lot of depth. So it better be Mac Wilson, but based on his track record and kind of inconsistencies, you wonder why he makes certain plays and then flashes at other times. It could be MJ Stewart, even though that defensive back room is so deep, a guy that took advantage of an opportunity when there were so many injuries in that defensive backfield, especially in that wild card game against the Pittsburgh Steelers was able to get an interception in that game and had 10 tackles. So uh, to kind of be one of those guys on the back end in that defensive back room, MJ Stewart, Redwine, I just, I know you guys talked about it with uh, Mac Robinson as well. Sheldon Redwine, I don't know how he makes this team because even when he's been healthy, he hasn't been able to get on the field. Only three starts last year and eight total starts in his 27 game appearances for the Browns. Yeah, and, and I think it kind of speaks to, um how much they've upgraded that side of the football. I mean, um, as you mentioned, Mac Wilson made some plays. Now, he had way more missed tackles than, than you want to see from a guy that you're putting in the middle of your defense. I mean, that's got to stop because good teams don't miss tackles. Their middle linebackers don't miss tackles. Uh, but those are guys that made some plays for the Browns last year as well, being Wilson and Stewart. Yeah, Guys that made plays uh, all over the field, you know, again, MJ Stewart in a big moment in that wild card game. It's just the, the question mark with Mac Wilson, you brought it up, Dave. It's being able to tackle and tackle in space because that linebacker room, while the talk is all about this 4-2-5 defense and only having two linebackers on the field. I know Mac Wilson has also partnered up with new linebacker Anthony Walker with the Browns who Darius Leonard from the Colts raves about and raves about his leadership, his work ethic. So definitely a guy that you think Mac Wilson can learn a lot from in this league. If he really wants to improve, you just can't come out of a game playing against a division rival. You're going against them to try to win the division last year. And now of course with a revamp roster, even more so this year, they're not going to miss those tackles. If you're going to be on the field and making plays for this team this year to go where this team wants to go or has aspirations of going and built this ros roster for those purposes, you're going to have to be able to make those plays and you can't come out of a game against those teams, against your rivals, especially that run all over the field. You can't come out of a game with zero tackles, let alone three or less. Yeah, and, and you can't be missing tackles when uh, you got J.K. Dobbins Lamar Jackson, Najee Harris, uh, Joe Mixon. I could keep going. This division, you better you better be tackling if you're a middle linebacker. All right, uh, let's yes. switch our focus a little bit. Five players who could turn heads at training camp. Let me let me go through the list and tell me who you think um, will be very very interesting. So Jedrick Wills, Jadavian Clowney, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, Demetric Felton. Odell Beckham Jr., five guys that will turn heads at training camp. Which of those do you kind of buy into and, and kind of say, yeah, I, I, I agree with that? Um, I mean, it's, it is a pretty decent list that Dog Pound Daily has put together. JOK, Jeremiah Wusukormo, is going to be one that I know a lot of Browns fans are going to be wanting to go out and see at training camp this year, seeing where Joe Woods puts him in the defense because there's question marks about his size, but what brought him to this league and why the Browns considered even picking him at number 26 in the first round before going with Greg Newsom out of Northwestern was because of his ability to cover in space. And yeah, he was kind of that hybrid linebacker or safety. And where, where does he actually fit in the NFL? There's question marks about those guys every single year. There seems to be at least one, if not two or three of them in every single draft, but this is a guy that can cover. And with the tight ends that are on this team for the Browns, his speed and his ability to cover are going to be on display and they're going to be tested mightily every single day that the offense is going against the defense in whether you know seven on seven, 11 on 11, 
whatever those drills may be, even goal line, he's going to have to show that ability to cover in space. And of course, the, the main draw, the number one that they listed, OBJ. Everybody wants to see OBJ. Questions on whether the offense succeeding without him was a coincidence or had some sort of merit to it. I think it was just coincidence, the offense kind of developing, having a chance to develop, a little bit of pressure taken off of them throughout the year and then kind of took a reset button at the bye week halfway through. But OBJ has been showing on film that he has come back miraculously from that torn ACL. What can he provide to this team now that they get into new wrinkles and dig deeper into Kevin Stefanski's playbook? Yeah, you know, the, the thing that I think is going to be really interesting, and I think Jedrick Wills is going to end up being a really, really, really good left tackle for a long time. I think what he did uh, switching from the right side to the left side in a virtual year where you didn't have any preseason, you didn't have it. And I know he didn't grade well by pro football focus, but boy, did he pass the eye test. He did not look overwhelmed. And I think another year with Bill Callahan and kind of getting set, I think he could pop for the Browns. I really think um, there's a really high ceiling for Jedrick Wills. Yeah, and he was he was one of the best at uh, you know, penalties given up and even sacks given up for pro football focus, even though overall he wasn't graded out well. And you said it best there, Dave. you got to give him the most credit for switching from the right to the left in an era and in a time that nobody really understood. You know, we're still doing stuff through Zoom today to learn a new position and switch from one side to the other while yes, it's offensive line and the average fan may think that you're just, you're going from one side to the other and that shouldn't be too difficult. The, the language, the verbiage, the, the technique, which foot you're dropping back, all of that goes into it. And you're listening to how this is all gonna work before you can get in the building. You're listening to this on Zoom. Usually they can get in there and have all these OTAs, rookie mini camp, mini camp, then training camp. They didn't have all that last year. So that's gonna be big for Jedrick Wills to have most of that this offseason and go into training camp ready and raring to go. Of course, for the, you know, for any fan that's going out there, if you watch a football game, the best thing you want to see from an offensive lineman or at least hear from an offensive lineman is not hearing their name because they are not uh, being a detriment to their team. Now, of course, the other aspect of that is giving up the sacks and Jedrick Wills from that left tackle position proved to be very good from that side and on Baker Mayfield's blind side not to have too much pressure in Baker's face and allow him to do what he does best and get out of the pocket, get the ball in the playmaker's hands and go from there. All right, so we kind of gave you the list from Dog Pound Daily, the five that uh, they expect to turn heads. Who who are you excited to, to get a look at it uh, at training camp? What do you want to see? I want to see, number one, I want to see Donovan Peoples-Jones because, it, again, you're going to have, you have two guys, $15 million about a piece in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. So you want to see guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones take that next step so that now you have the veteran leadership and the skill set on the field where the pressure is off DPJ in a sense, but he can take that next step himself and kind of solidify his own spot on this team. And, and from what he's been doing, working out, I mean, him and Hollywood are the, are the two wide receivers outside of the main two that I always I, I enjoyed watching all last season work and earn their opportunities out there on the field. Outside of the offense, of course, you got to look at the defensive side of the ball. And this name may not be brought up a lot. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but Anthony Walker. For some reason, the, the video that Darius Leonard put out, he didn't have to do that. But Darius Leonard, the leader of that Colts defense, put out a, a statement, a video, thanking Anthony Walker, showing how much he loves him, not just as a teammate, but off the field as, as almost like a brother and what he can bring to an NFL locker room. Um, kind of want to see what he can do, yes, on the field, but also how he can impact that defense because they just they didn't have that voice or that guy to go to especially, and I, I go back to the third and 14 play against the Chiefs, and somebody needed to step up after Miles Garrett's sack on second down and say, hey, we haven't gotten off the field yet. We need to make one more play, get our offense back on the field. And it just seemed like that vocal leader was missing. 
I think Anthony Walker can find that that spot in this defense, mixing in with Miles Garrett and, and some of the other guys in the back end, like John Johnson the third. Yeah, I, I would agree. All right, so Kevin Arnold, Voice of the Land podcast, and I'm gonna step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll hear from a legendary college coach who stepped aside today, Frank Solich at Ohio University. Also, some quick Cavs talk when we return to Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. Uh, some news from down in Athens today. Um, Frank Solich, Dean of Mid-American Conference Football Coaches, retiring today after 16 seasons at Ohio University. Coach Solich, um, from here in Northeast Ohio, went to Holy Name High School, uh, had to step aside due to some health concerns. Here was the announcement, uh, Frank Solich stepping aside as head football coach at Ohio University. It is uh, a rare cardiovascular uh, situation that I've got. Um, and it's something that I'm gonna have to, uh, to deal with. Um, you know, I tried to kid myself a little bit early on that, uh, um, you know, first there was a little bit of denial about it. Then, then I thought, well, hey, you're feeling pretty good uh, despite what they're, what they're saying. And, uh, you know, you can, you can keep going, uh, but that, that uh, I came to my right senses very quickly on on that end of it, and knew that our players deserved more than what I was going to be able to to give to them coming down the stretch here. So um, decided to uh, to retire and uh, spend time just working on my health. Um, you know, coaching is a tough tough job for uh, any coach. The grind of it on a daily basis, the pressure of games. You know, I felt like I handled pressure uh, well, but as, as time went on and, and um, you know, it's, it's obvious that um, all that's involved in, in being a coach can, uh, can beat you down a little bit. And I feel at this point in time, um, ready for coach Albin to step in and, and um, he's a great coach, a great person. You know, he's got a great work ethic. Um, he's a great recruiter. Um, one of the best I've been around, uh, I've said this before, but not as good as me in my earlier days, but the, but he's really good. And, and so, you know, we're ready to transition into that and, and move the program forward. Frank Solich built the Ohio Bobcats into perennial winners in the Mid-American Conference. Tim Albin, a longtime assistant, signed a four-year contract. He will succeed. Uh, Coach Frank Solich at Ohio University. I want to remind you, we'll have a special edition of Sports from CLE from the um, Mid-American Conference Football Media Days. That's next Tuesday at Ford Field. Special edition of Sports from CLE. We'll hear from all the coaches and players in the Mid-American Conference. All right, let's switch our attention real quickly to the Cavs. Let's bring Kevin Arnold uh, back in. And Kevin, when you look at this, would you trade Colin Sexton? Now, Sexton's a good player. But you, you need to trade a good player in order to get what the Cavs need, which is better players. Yeah, I would trade them for the right package because this team continues to talk about how they want to expedite the rebuild process. They don't want to keep going down this road and, you know, kind of get into NBA purgatory either. They don't want to be stuck in that seven to 10 seed now with this play in tournament and they want better, they want good players on this team, and you're going to need that centerpiece. I think that centerpiece comes from the draft, but you can get good players with a good player on this team. I am a huge fan of Colin Sexton. I love his game, love the way he can score, love that kind of dog mentality on defense. Yes, he struggles on defense, but 
I like that mentality that he's not going to shy away, even being an undersized guy and going in amongst the trees. He always is able to get himself to the basket and find a way to score. It just doesn't seem to be working just at this moment with Darius Garland. So if the right package comes about and comes across Kobe Altman's desk, he's got to listen. And if it can improve the team, you got to use your best asset to get some other good assets back on this team and try to climb your climb the way back to the top of the Eastern Conference, if not at least two or three in the conference. Yeah, and, and you know, again, as you, as you said, it's all about the fit. Kevin Arnold, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Kevin. Uh, from the Voice of the Land podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much, and always appreciate the opportunity. Enjoy talking to you, Dave. Thank you so much. All right, Kevin Arnold, make sure you listen to him, the Voice of the Land podcast. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will see you again tomorrow at four scheduled guests, Doug Lamarice and John Fanta. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Sports for CLE.